Um, welcome uh, to another interview on um, uh, held by uh, EFSAS, and this time we have with us Mr. Daoud uh, Khatak. Um, Mr. Daoud Khatak is the managing editor with Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty's Pashto language, Mashal Radio. Uh, before joining Radio Free Europe in Prague uh, 12 years ago, uh, he has worked for Pakistani English language newspapers. Uh, mainly for the News International and Daily Times. Um, he has covered Pakistan's anti-Taliban military operas, operations in the Pakistan-Afghanistan border region as part of the global war on terrorism. You have also worked in Kabul as English service editor for Afghanistan's first independent news agency. Um, you have uh, published... Uh, a lot of papers. One of them, the most interesting one, is the genesis of Taliban emergence in SWAT for the US think tank, the New America Foundation. Apart from that, your articles and research papers on Taliban, terrorism, politics in Pakistan have been published in various uh, publications like the uh, CTC uh, Combating Terrorism Center Sentinel, the American Interest, the Diplomat, Foreign Policy, Washington Post, uh, and apart from that, you have also worked for um, the Sunday Times in London, uh, reporting uh, from uh, from Pakistan. So, Mr. Daoud Khatak, uh, uh, welcome and, and thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Mr. Khatak, before we, of course, start on the various political issues in the, in the region, um, and especially this time, what we would like to know is the, you know, the, the, the roller coaster of, of politics which has been going on in Pakistan, especially in the last, I would say, four, five, six months. But before we come there, it's always interesting to know uh, the person to whom we are talking. Uh, so you, of course, uh, have worked in Pakistan. Uh, now you're working in Prague for a while. You've also worked in America or for American public. So, you know, uh, how how did, does this come about? Uh, why these so many changes? Uh, well, this is uh, this is really interesting question, and I would love to speak uh, about it. Uh, you know, when you are starting your career in Pakistan, uh, uh, after completing my uh, journalism career in uh, late nineteen nineties, so it was a difficult time for journalists. Um, the job market was not very good. And uh, we have to make choices whether to go somewhere as a trainee or <laughs> to, to find mm -hmm. jobs. So first of all, I moved to Islamabad and uh, there I worked for Urdu newspapers their news agencies. Then they turned to Peshawar. Again, in Peshawar, the market was not good, but there were changes in Kabul after the 9th and So I got an offer from Afghan, Afghan News. And since I was uh, working in three languages at that time, Later on, I also learned Persian in, while in Kabul. So I was in Persian and English, so they invited me and there I was for three years. Later on, mostly Peshawar and the situation was very tough security-wise. So I got offer from foreign newspapers like Sunday Times, Telegraph, or Christian Science Monitor, Kuwait uh, News Agency, for example. So all these organizations I was working as contributors. And then uh, I was found by the RETRL people there in Peshawar and they invited me to Prague for launching a radio. So I'm still here uh, working mm -hmm. Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty in Prague, Czech Republic. Uh, and that is a Pashto language uh, radio, Radio Mashal, which is covering the Pakistani tribal areas and particularly the militancy uh, there countering a countering extremism so we are working here for that radio which is uh, now a day 14 hours broadcast for the okay okay good and i i already explained it a little bit in in, in my introduction is the, the the roller coaster uh pakistan has been going through again you have of course covered the war on terrorism in waziristan uh that's all interesting and we, we 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 will of course touch upon that um but what is more interesting is the current situation there um the political situation the 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 many attacks which are happening every day um but apart from that and I, when i was reading about it I, I found it so astonishing that what is happening many people used to say that 
the former Prime Minister Imran Khan is someone who has been put there by the army and supported by the army. Today he's in jail. He's the seventh Prime Minister of, of, of Pakistan, which is in jail. Um, there have been huge attacks on army installations. And a few weeks later, the same people apologized. Uh, so what is happening in Pakistan? Well, the unfortunate side of democracy is there. The unfortunate side of politics is there. Uh, if we uh, have a look, uh, and if you look at the history of politics in Pakistan, I think from Zulfikar Ali Bhutto uh, till uh, Imran Khan in 2022, uh, it's the same story uh, which is uh, repeating itself uh, again and again, but only the shapes are changing. Uh, only the figures and only the individuals are changing. Otherwise, if we look at the roots of the problem, so it is the same. There is the very strong, very, very strong military establishment, and there is the very, very weak uh, political leadership. So they are very easily manipulating the political leadership. And whenever some leader uh, lies and some, some strong leader lies, Somehow, I can also say that Venus is also university. They are trying to merge and they are trying to break the shaken and they are trying to like uh, send some kind of uh, shut up call to the military establishment. So they need the fate of Imran Khan and the set of Zulfiqar Bhutto and Benazir Bhutto, two governments were removed prematurely. And the same token, Nawashari, two governments were removed removed prematurely and finally he was jailed and he was like uh, sent abroad, forced to leave the country. The same was somehow happening to uh, the last Pakistan People's Party government. Although we have seen some sort of uh, uh, some sort of relaxation, but still the political leadership was not free. And then in 2011, there was an effort that Imran Khan was somehow created, he was supported, uh, big political rallies were uh, supported and favored in his favor, and uh, public opinion was made in Imran Khan's favor with the hope that uh, he will uh, be the establishment man in the parliament house or in the prime minister house. And Imran Khan was somehow the establishment man in the parliament house. Uh, but uh, later on, it was proved that Imran Khan, or rather not Imran Khan, the military clashed with Imran Khan, and he was forced uh, out. So we can go into the specifics that how, when, where, what happened, we can go in that specific, but I want to make it brief. Uh, so this is why I say that this is the same story, which is coming from the 1970s or before the till 2022. Uh, we, we have seen Nawashir for for the second time he was exiled. Uh, okay, uh, let, 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 let's not go into the specifics. I and mean, you're saying it's the same story. There is some difference to it, I think, and you can explain that better. Which is that um, not in from the 1970s until now, the way military installations and military symbols were attacked. That has never happened. Yes, that's true. So, is that is, is that change or what does it mean? Uh, I uh, I missed your question because the voice is not coming clearly. Yeah, is it so? So these 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 attacks that have happened on military installation. Can you hear me? Yes, now I can hear. You. So these attacks which have happened on military installations and military symbols, they indicate that there is some change. How much of, of a change is this on the ground? Is it really a change? Because this has never happened from 70s until today. Exactly. That is uh, somehow that is somehow surprising for many. Uh, but I would say that that was not surprising for me, at least, and for many other people like me who studied how mm -hmm. 
the first phase of Imran Khan was created. Imran Khan, no doubt, he is a hero for many people in Pakistan, particularly the youth. And uh, when the support for Imran Khan was created through social media, uh, I think that was a blind kind of support. Uh, they believed in Imran Khan. Look, uh, whatever happened to some uh, political leader like Benazir Bhutto and Nawaz Sharif, and after their removal, the establishment started their propaganda campaign against him, and the public opinion was changed. But it yeah. is not changing in case of Imran Khan. It is still very much like the same, although some people in the middle, they are shifting their opinion, but the younger people who are whose ages are between uh, 20 and 35, these people are blindly supporting their leadership, Imran Khan particularly. So uh, uh, when, when that happened and when that call came from the top leadership, that uh, Imran Khan was imprisoned, and then the youth very angrily they come out. The youth very angrily came out, and you know it became like a kind of mob. It was not a political rally. It was not a kind of organized protest. It was a kind of mob. And when there is no leader and the youth are just charging, so they attack these installations, the military installation. And I think it was spontaneous. Uh, the, the the news went viral on media and uh, it's surprising attacking the uh, corps commander house, attacking the military installations in cities like Mardan, entering the GHQ. But I would say that now these people are no more uh, that generation which were uh, which were which were having a kind of uh, uh, like uh, the like they are for they, they 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 are listening to their leadership or they are uh, working for uh, uh, non-violence or something like that. They were just angry young men. And these angry young men were incited by the PTI leadership uh, order to go out and uh, like how to avoid the arrest of their leader, Imran Khan. And Imran Khan had already said that and the PTI leaders already used to say that Imran Khan is our red line. So mm -hmm. uh, when that happened to Imran Khan, and I think uh, you also cannot rule out something from inside the institution, the military. I think that is also true because when the action was taken inside the military after those incidents and the third, what they called, like there was a kind of cleanup, a court commander was sent home. He was removed from his position and some more actions were taken. So I think you cannot rule out uh, something from inside the military, but the military secrets are not coming out in public to people. So this is why we cannot say something for sure, but you cannot rule out. Like just if you look at the judiciary, I think you cannot say that the judiciary is totally impartial. This is, there is also partiality and there is a kind of tilt towards Imran Khan. So that is that was happening exactly. Some emotions from the youth, emotional youth, and then some support from inside the military, some support from inside the establishment. And together, all this, I think it became like a kind of uh, really, really uh, very dangerous situation. Okay, but again, you, you're talking about, uh, you, you explained how the youth were angry and Imran Khan was their red line. And we'll come to what they did on the 9th of May. But I wonder, why is Imran Khan of the youth you, you are talking about, which is around, you said, 25 and 35? Well, those have not seen Imran Khan as the rising cricketer, uh, cricketer he was. And as a politician, he has not delivered much. The employment rate under Imran Khan has consistently gone up. The IMF loans have gone up. Pakistan has diplomatically been isolated much, much more because of Imran Khan's soft stand towards some people say towards terrorism and maybe a bit more harsh stand towards the West. So why is he a hero for these people? Well, he was made a hero for the youth. <laughs> okay. Uh, he was made and he was made a hero by no other than the military establishment. Uh, all the time they were taking him. And when they were backing Imran Khan, 
At the same time, they were bashing the other two mainstream political parties, uh, Pakistan People's Party and Pakistan Muslim League. Third, yeah. particularly in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa and Balochistan province, although Imran Khan, Imran Khan's PTI party does not have that much support in Balochistan province or either in Sindh province, it is only Punjab and uh, Khyber Pakhtunkhwa where it's winning its seats. In Khyber Pakhtunkhwa, while in Sindh, the target of PTI was Pakistan People's Party. In Punjab, it was Pakistan Muslim League, Nawaz Sharif, which was in, at that time in the bad books of the military establishment. And in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa, P. Milan and PPP, they were not there, but there was the nationalist Awami National Party. And I, mm -hmm. Awami National Party was, was struck with the support earlier. Most of the youth who are non, uh, not the members of the religious party, Jamaat Islam and Jamiat Islam, Islam, they were members of the Awami National Party. So all they turned to the Pakistan Tahrik and Saf Party because that party was representing the youth. And Imran Khan was always speaking about the youth. And then there was a big, big support from the military establishment behind him. He was supported through social media. He was supported through like uh, a kind of uh, media, even the media, the, the, the Pakistani electronic uh, media was, uh, even they were clear cut instructions to have some sort of support in favor of, of, of not, at least not to go against Imran Khan. If you ask any journalist who was working for the uh, popular TV channels in Islamabad in the you know, 2017 and 18, and there were clear cut instructions that you are not going to go against Imran Khan. So a cult was created. And now, whatever we are seeing, that is the result of that created cult. The youth is following that cult, and this is why they are targeting the, 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 the installation. Uh, but what happened very quickly as well, this happened, of course, on the 9th of May, the attacking of the installations and everything. A week later, all these people who had attacked uh, were apologizing. Many of them were put in jail. Uh, so... Do you think the army recovered very quickly? No. That is the that is the real terrible situation that I would point out to. I mentioned it earlier, and that is the thing that I'm always worried about. Uh, for the time being, under pressure. Uh, so far, the leadership of PTI is concerned. That is not the genuine leadership. Some mm -hmm. came from one political party, some came from another political party, and they joined Imran Khan only because they have their own support base, but they were using the name of Imran Khan to get some more votes. They were there with Imran Khan. Otherwise, Imran Khan doesn't have any loyal political leaders in his party, with the exception of only a few people. I think some of the hardcore PTI who were ideological, they already left Imran Khan when he came in government. The existing leadership, for example, take Shaman Mutkureshi or Pravez Khatak from Nochera or Jahangir Tarim from Sadran Punjab or some leaders from Ali Zedi from, they were not the real PTI. Those are the people who joined Imran Khan when they came to know that the military establishment is, uh, is signing Pakistan People's Party and Pakistan Muslim League and they are bringing forward Imran Khan. So they joined and they will join anyone. Now you will see that in the next election, the same leaders will be joining either Pakistan People's Party or Pakistan Muslim League. So that was the contextual information that I added. Now coming to the youth, the youth base is the real base of uh, Imran Khan. So, so far the leaders are apologizing before cameras, but the youth, I think you will see only a few of the youth who came out on the roads for Imran Khan they apologized. They are still like uh, they are still supporting uh, Imran Khan on social media. Many youth have different social media accounts, not using their real names, and they are hiding their identities. Uh, still, uh, PTI uh, hashtags are like they are becoming very easily trend. So I think the support of Imran Khan among the youth, the opportunist who was the leadership, and there were predictions that they will leave Imran Khan as quickly as they joined him when his mm -hmm. party vanishes or when his support for from the military establishment is vanishing. So they left already, but the other support base is there, and that is the danger. 
because the military establishment is trying to press and suppress the youth. And if you are suppressing them, and if you are suppressing them to the extent that they are no more no more able to use their peaceful means of protest in the street, so where they will go? It's bubbling, and mm -hmm. uh, I think they may go to some sort of uh, kind of uh, extreme, uh, for example, to violence. That is the that is the threat that I can see. That is the danger that I can see in the existing uh, military uh, steps against uh, those. Should we, should we then, what you are saying basically is that the army is close to losing grip over Pakistan, which they have held for 75 years? Are they close of losing it? I, I think I think that is too much like, uh, that is too much to say that I want okay. to. Uh, but I think uh, the army the real power of the military, Pakistan military, is your image. Your yeah. real power is not tanks, not aircraft, not missiles. Your real power is your hero image. Hero image yeah. all the time. They are heroes. Whatever happens, floods come, and they are the heroes. Fight with India, they are the heroes. Kashmir, they are the heroes. Terrorism, they are the heroes. No one else. Is hero in Pakistan, it is the military. So that hero image is somehow dangerous. Okay. With new trends. That so it has lose, lost its, 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 its sheen a little bit. Exactly. Okay. But, uh, to say that they are losing the grip, uh, I don't think because uh, Pakistan army is really very strong and they have full control on uh, like on on everything, I think. When you are controlling the media, this is the age of social media, this is the age of technology, and they are controlling all these things. Although, it's a hard job for them to do it in 240 million Pakistan. Uh, mm. But still, uh, they, they have their grip on things. But if it continued, I fear. There is, of course, we have talked about two forces until now in Pakistan. One is, of course, the political parties, the PTI, the, the Muslim League, the People's uh, Party, and, and, and the smaller ones. And then the other force, which is the army. Then there's another force in Pakistan, which you alluded to a little bit because of these youngsters maybe not getting uh, a platform to, to vent their anger, is the extremist. So uh, in Pakistan, and you have covered that extensively also during the, the 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 war on terror in the region um so where in this whole conundrum of army pti these political where do the various extremist groups in stand hmm? you mean religious extremists I, I mean terrorist groups like you have the yeah. you have you, you have of course tdp uh, you have religious extremism, you have the Lashkars, you have the Jaysh, you have many of these which are still active there. So where do they fit in in this in this, in this this conundrum? That is very interesting connection. Uh, because uh, since the start of the political instability in Pakistan, I think that was the time when Nawaz Sharif was prematurely removed. I would, I, if I fix a time, so I'll fix that time. But that was the time then Nawaz Sharif was prematurely uh, removed from power. Mm -hmm. he, uh, that was the time when the uh, Pakistani Taliban, who were once defeated, or uh, who were once declared to be defeated in Uzbekistan as a result of the Operation Zarbe Az, which was mm -hmm. launched on the 14th of June 2014. Uh, the policies and the focus of the intelligence agencies shifted to politics. And the Taliban gradually started because they were pushed into Afghanistan attack as a result of military operations. And their organization structure was somehow shattered because their leadership, their top leadership like Yatullah and Mullah Fazlullah, the three top leaders, one after another was targeted in drone strikes. The two were targeted in South Uzbekistan, Hakimullah, and Betullah, and 
Fazilla, he was charged with internal for internal on site. And then the new leader, the Muslim Walimusi, who is now leading the Pakistani Taliban, he is the leader. And he got the time when the military shifted their focus from politics to the politics in Pakistan, those areas were left behind. And he, he gradually started his recollecting the shattered strength of the TTP, and they gradually started attacks. And in 2021 and 22, uh, when the military establishment and the intelligence agencies were fully focused on politics in Pakistan, they staged a comeback, initially in South Uzbekistan tribal district, then spread to North Uzbekistan. And now when I'm sitting here, they are showing their presence in cities like Peshawar, Mardan, Moshera, Chapsada. Every year they have their organizational city. So, so far the religious extremists and the terrorist groups are concerned. Earlier, before Operation Derby asked, they were only in their tribal areas. But the situation is really very serious right now because they have their organizational setup expanded to the cities now. So earlier, mm -hmm. the military used to conduct a military operation in a remote tribal area where they were using tanks and artillery and aircraft. Now, how can you target them in the cities? You cannot target so, the cities with... So is it... Is, is there some merit in... So what has happened in the sense that, um, you know, many analysts believe, many governments believe, there are books written about it, that the many terrorist groups in Pakistan and in, and in the region, uh, so also in Afghanistan, but also in India, uh, you mentioned Kashmir, many of these groups are, were created by Pakistan. They were supported by Pakistan. Um, so what is it today when these, when these groups, some of these groups are fighting in the cities, have has the army we we talked about has the army lost its grip on politics has the army lost its grip on these terrorist organizations i would quote um very um, i think a very strange kind of that was surprising for me and that is from my reporting time in 2008 when the security official uh, when i posed the same question that you are asking me and that was 2008 and I said, what is happening? Because Mangal Baba of Lashkari Islam was present in Bara, Khabar tribal. Only 20 mm -hmm. meters south of Fukushawar continent. Right? Then there was uh, the Bajawar Taliban, led by Sakir Muhammad. Then there was the Muhammadra Taliban, only 25 kilometers from Fukushawar, led by Abdul Wadi, Umar Khalid Khurasani. And then there was the Hakimullah Masood, led Taliban, TTP proper, who used to come to Peshawar and attack the NATO convoys in the night and then went back into the area. And they were targeting the U.S., uh, the convoys for the U.S. forces through Khabar tribal district. So I thought the same question that what is happening. And the reply was surprising for me because he said that uh, now there are splinters after splinters. Mm -hmm. So what we can do? So uh, there are splinters of splinters. There are many groups. Even criminals are uh, now in the ranks of those groups. For example, if they are not finding any refuge anywhere, so they are joining their groups. But over the years, I, I would say over the past four to five years, the Tahriki Taliban Pakistan, which is the only powerful group in this region, it has got a lot of strength under the leadership of Moktinur Wali Masood, the current leader of the Taliban. Many splinter groups have rejoined the Bahrika Taliban Pakistan. And uh, because in the tribal setup, people are always looking to the power center. Where, wherever there is the power center and they are attracted to the power center. So when the power center is in the hands of the Bahrika Taliban Pakistan, so the smaller groups are automatically attracted like magnet. So uh, in 2018, 19, and 20, uh, every month we were we used to hear reports that this are that small group joined the Taliban Pakistan. So that gave uh, the real strength uh, to the TTP. Uh, and now the TTP, this is why the TTP 
the TTP, I would say that that is the only group which can create, which can pose a real threat for the Pakistani military. And only yesterday, if you have followed the news on in August, um, August 22, there was an attack in South Uzbekistan and 11 Pakistani army soldiers were killed. In the media, it is reported that six soldiers were killed, but the real figure is 11. So 11 Pakistanis. Then every day we are seeing attacks in Balochistan. Some are reported and some are not reported. So these are the groups. And among those groups, it is the TTP which is leading the charge in that area, and that is the real figure. So is this is this the Pakistani military establishment's Frankenstein monster? Uh, I'm sorry, but I missed the last words of your question. Is 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 this the is this the Frankenstein monster of the military establishment of Pakistan? You can say, but more than that, uh, is the policies that uh, Pakistan pursued and Pakistan followed in the shape of Afghan Taliban. There were a lot of talks about the Afghan Taliban, and we have seen the intelligence chief. Uh, soon after the Taliban takeover of Kabul with a cup of tea, they're in Kabul. And we have seen Khwaja Asif's statement within the defense minister at that time. Uh, no, not, not uh, yeah, there, there were statements from Khwaja Asif, there were statements from other top uh, civilian officials who were celebrating the Taliban victory in Kabul in Afghanistan. So there were some expectations and there were some hopes that uh, once uh, the Ghani government, the Karzai government is removed when the Taliban come into power in Afghanistan. So uh, that will be a great uh, like, uh, kind of achievement for Pakistan and the borders will be secured. But now we have seen that after the Taliban coming into power in Kabul, uh, we are seeing the, uh, uh, like terrible increase in attacks on the Pakistani security forces from across the border by the GTP who were getting shelter under the Afghan Taliban rule in Afghanistan. So I would say that the policies of the past and the policies of the strategic, strategic death are haunting Pakistan and Pakistan military establishment. Mm -hmm. And so this, this whole, um, this whole relationship, which was very cozy between the military and Taliban up until, you know, uh, Afghanistan fell, as you just said, the intelligence chief uh, almost victoriously going to the uh, Serena Hotel and, and having a cup of tea. Um, so is is that relationship not the same anymore? Is it is it true that the military establishment and the Taliban are not as good as friends as they were? Apparently, that is very true. Apparently, okay. That is very true what you are saying. And I would give you some examples, for example. Never in the in the recent history of uh, Pakistan-Afghanistan relations, the Pakistani jets bombarded positions inside Afghanistan. But they happened under Taliban in course progress. And then there were some rockets attacked from inside Pakistan in those areas. And the Taliban openly Overtly and covertly, they reacted. Uh, apart from that, uh, when uh, Pakistan said that uh, recently, uh, the Pakistani defense minister said that Taliban, I mean Afghan Taliban, should respect Doha agreement. So the tit for tit reply from the Taliban came, Taliban spokesman, the Bihullah Mujahid came there. The Doha agreement was signed with the United States, not with Pakistan. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, all the Taliban ministers, whenever something happens in Pakistan and there is a sort of reaction comes out from Pakistan foreign office or the military, like recently when the army chief general Asim Munir said that uh, the attacks are coming, uh, the attackers are getting refuge in Pakistan and Taliban should uh, like act against him. So there were statements, very clear statements from the Taliban. But what, what, what happened? Because you as well know the Taliban could have never been in this position if there was if they were not supported by the Pakistani military. So what exactly happened that it turned the tables? 
the pakistan the, the, the taliban could have never sat on the table uh, in doha if they were not supported by the pakistanis that's a tricky question that many people don't understand i will explain it uh, mm-hmm. and um, you know afghan taliban they are pashtuns pashtuns and they are somehow nationalists right uh the taliban leaders the top leaders they maybe are majority of them are in favor of pakistan but uh, whenever it comes to the uh, gtp jihad cotton for jihad against pakistan so for a common foot soldier i mean for a common afghan taliban foot soldier, foot soldier mm, yeah that is still a jihad okay because okay. they are brain brainwashed over the years that is still a jihad for them for the afghan leaders taliban leader they have achieved it for the afghan taliban leader yeah. this is pretty understandable that if afghanistan should be included or afghanistan should be Should, should, Afghanistan should be brought recognition from the international community, so they should let the girls go to school. Yeah. They should let the women work in offices. But for the foot soldier of the Taliban, this is not understandable. He has only one ideal in his mind, and that is the ideal for which he is brainwashed for the past twenty twenty five years. No girls to school. no work for women they should stay inside their houses so exactly the same is about the jihad jihad is prime for these taliban soldiers so it is the same jihad for them what they were fighting for now the tpp is fighting the americans are the uh, us forces and the ghani and karzai government they are saying now the same jihad is the taliban wow. ttp is fighting the same jihad for pakistan for islam so why you are stopping us so this is why i'm saying that the afghan leadership even if afghan taliban leadership even if they want to uh expel the ttp they cannot they would not because of they will lose the they will lose their fighters exactly because of the backlash from their soldiers for soldiers and from their mid-ranking commanders and would it be correct to say that for the for the for the for the mid ranking commanders of the taliban and the and the jihadi fighters at the at the at the at the at the ground level that their jihad even if the tdp succeeds for the sake of argument that even then the jihad doesn't end because then you have to go to india then you go further so the jihad never ends you know it's a Militancy. If if you look at your ideals, the Taliban ideals, so uh, it's uh, it's 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 not going to be stopped in Pakistan. It will spread. It will mm-hmm. spread because that is their ideology. If they want Islam and the real Islamic system in Pakistan, so uh, like for the sake of argument, as you said, if they succeed, which is point zero 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 one percent chance of that. But if let's for the sake of argument, if they succeed, so it will not stop there. It will move somewhere else. It will move yeah. to next door India. It will. It can move to some other country. It can. Move exactly to- coming coming to that is that, you know, uh, we have seen this earlier happening as well when the Soviet war was there. Uh, a lot of these jihadi groups uh, went to Kashmir to fight. and not because of any political reason this was basically part of the you know the islamic uh, caliphate to- pan islamism uh, you know th- so and could that happen again you mean in kashmir for example kashmir because i don't see them going to xinjiang because of the good relations with the chinese but kashmir india uh, you know bangladesh Uh, all these all these countries uh, or all these places which are there which are of course you know volatile and you know one of the most obvious places would be of course indeed uh, kashmir repeating what happened in the 90s yeah see it like this way if they cannot mm-hmm. go to if they cannot go to xinjiang 
because they have very good relations with China. I would not say that they have very good relations with China. I would say that if they go there, or if they, they do that, there will be very, very serious reaction from China. Mm -hmm. The good relation will cease to exist. Okay. So I think that is something political. And the same political thing is existing with India. There was a lot of jihadi things, and there were nine organizations, Hezbollah Mujahideen, Harkat Mujahideen, and... Jashi Muhammad. But all of them ceased to exist once pressure came after 9-11 and everything was stopped. So that was another thing. That was some sort of, uh, in a way, state-sponsored jihad and very much controlled because I'm witness to many things uh, for my Islamabad time in the 1999 and 2001 that we used to receive press releases in our offices and uh, Hezbollah Mujahideen would say that we killed 50 soldiers and Harkat al-Mujahideen said that we, we killed 60 soldiers and the other one would say that we killed 70 soldiers. So that was happening and that was some kind of promotional. So that was a kind of state-sponsored jihad. And they were getting funds even from the uh, state or the organization. These, group, these groups still but exist. I, I think this TTP is a different phenomenon. Okay, but these groups still exist. Uh, you know, like maybe not in the manner as they used to exist in the 90s uh, due to the war on terror and, and, and all, and of course, the economic situation in Pakistan. But like you just mentioned in the beginning, TTP, a lot of splinter groups are, are, are getting merged into the TTP. If the TTP does not continue this in Pakistan or cannot continue it in Pakistan, will because their 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 ideology is pan islam islamist will they look for other venues do do you see that happening i think the current gdp is more focused on the tribal areas under muslim okay. masjid uh, i would not say that for hakimullah masjid or jatullah masjid or mullah fazillah but for the current leadership of the gdp it is more focused on the tribal areas and if we go back to uh, 2018 so the army uh, somehow uh, started a kind of uh, negotiations uh, with the Taliban. And one of the conditions uh, and one of the uh, sections of the agreement between the Tahrika Taliban Pakistan and the Pakistan uh, sponsored tribal and the military sponsored tribal Jirga uh, was that the TTP would return to the tribal areas along with their arms. Earlier, the condition used to be unarmed, but that mm -hmm. time were permitted to return to the areas along with arms, your arms and weapons, and uh, you will have freedom in those areas. So, in a way, they were handing over the tribal areas to the TTP, and the TTP was happy with that. That, okay, if we are getting our tribal areas, we will be happy. But I would say that even if they agreed on that, the TTP would not stop there. So, uh, to your question, I think the first and foremost priority right now for the TTP and the first and foremost goal for the TTP is Pakistan. Uh, under Mufti uh, Nurwadi, uh, they are not picking uh, several fronts right now. They are focusing on one front, and that is the policy inside the TTP. If things come to that end where they are unable to fight like their jihad uh, inside Pakistan or in the tribal areas. I think uh, some individuals or some very, very small groups may be moved to Punjab or some other areas uh, to continue their jihad somewhere else. And maybe the security establishment would also be happy and would want them to do so. But I think as a full group, is an umbrella group of the TTP moving from one end of Pakistan to another end. Uh, I think that is that doesn't seem like a possibility for me, like exactly okay. the same structure. Now that you, you you maybe not said it with so many words, but what I and and you know correct me if I'm wrong, but what I gather from your answer is that at the end of the day. 
the solution to this problem will be that there will be some negotiation between the military establishment and the TTP, and there will be some gives and takes. I think right now when I'm speaking to you, uh, that is not confirmed, it's unconfirmed. But I think some channels are open right now. Mm -hmm. Some channels are, although the army chief categorically said that there will be no talks with the uh, people uh, who are uh, involved in the killing of innocent people for, for things like this. And today, right now when I'm speaking, there is a news conference in Karachi uh, by the caretaker prime minister Anwar al-Hattakam. And he also said that uh, there will be no talks uh, with the people. But I believe that uh, inside the um, Afghan Taliban, there are some channels who are always in touch and contact with the Pakistani military establishment because uh, of their old uh, relationships. And they are always trying to find some middleware. Uh, because other than that middleware, there is no solution. Uh, when the TTP is attacking inside Pakistan, there will be a reaction from the Pakistani military. And the reaction will directly come from the Afghan Taliban. So it will target, uh, it will harm them. What role, what role is the, for example, you, you just talked about the channels in Afghan Taliban. What role is, for example, the Haqqani network thing? That is the channel. That is the channel. Okay, that is the channel. The channel and there are some more. But uh, there are well-wishers on both sides. Mm -hmm. Well-wishers are trying to find a kind of middle that is the negotiation. And is the Haqqani network powerful within the Taliban or is it an equal? Yes, there are many groups. Uh, not equal, I won't say that it's equal, but still it has because uh, the intelligence is uh, inside Kabul is still in the hands of the Haqqani network. Uh, then there is, because uh, Afghanistan tribal setup is different than Pakistan, there is a tribal setup and very strong tribal setup. So, the Haqqani so let, let's, let's, let's philosophize on this one then. For example, um, like you said, there are channels open. And the Pakistani state comes to an agreement with the TTP. Then what? Well, uh, I, ideally, ideally, TTP should, should stop fighting and they should live like uh, like gentlemen. <laughs> no, but will the, will the Will the strategic depth policy end there? But my question, I'm coming to your question, and I raised that question many times before on many forums. That is the most difficult, uh, that is the most uh, difficult thing to do. For example, without having a policy, how to mainstream those people? Mm -hmm. How to mainstream them? How to bring them to normal life? How to rehabilitate them? And how to pave way for letting them to mix up in the society as the common people, as, as ordinary tribesmen? I don't think that negotiations will have any, any, any benefits, even if they agree on paper. Why? Because a Taliban fighter, I mean a TTP fighter, who fought with the ideals of jihad in his mind for decades. Yeah. And he lost his brothers, his friends, his family members, for example. Now, all of a sudden, someone is showing him a piece of paper that now we agree and you should forget about your jihad. And you should mm -hmm. forget about your ideals of paradise with Hoodies. I think that is not possible. Where is his job? What he will do? Do you think a common GTP fighter, after seeing this paper that we have agreed for a negotiations, negotiated settlement with Pakistan, he will go and start uh, uh, his life as a shopkeeper all of a sudden and selling like candy? No, I don't think he will do that. The first thing and foremost thing is to prepare a rehabilitation plan before entering any kind of uh, negotiation. And that is the real problem in Pakistan policies. 
like to, to reach a peace agreement with the TTP. There are there I have seen like I have seen a dozen of peace agreements uh, since 2006 uh, till now between the TTP and the uh, Pakistani authorities. But I haven't seen any compact rehabilitation plan. There was a peace agreement with Mangalbar in paper There was a peace, peace agreement in, in, in Bajor. There was a, there were two, three peace agreements in Swat uh, with Mullah Fadullah. But the only thing that they were doing, I remember for Mangalbar, some compensation was for offered. There have been some, I wouldn't call it more than hints, but there have been some analysts, and I'm absolutely, I have no position on it because I, I don't know, but there have been some analysts saying, because you see a lot of the, another phenomena in the region, which is the ISKP. Some analysts have hinted that the ISKP might be getting some support from the military establishment in order to counter the Taliban, in order to put pressure on them to uh, make the situation between the TTP and the military establishment better? Uh, well, I, I think I heard such kind of conspiracy theories from my hmm. friends and from some Pakistani analysts who are mainly who are critical of the military establishment. Uh, but I think uh, before making a kind of comment, when we don't have proof in our hands, mm -hmm. uh, we should see some sort of logic behind some policy. There, what kind of logic is behind that policy? So uh, the first thing for me is that the Afghan Taliban are not that much naive when someone will be supporting the ISKP and they will be just saying economic they don't know about that. I, I don't think that they will. And, and if Pakistan did that and the Afghan Taliban come to know about that, I think Pakistan will be getting a very, very serious problem for us. What your understanding is with the Afghan Taliban that will go out, I think. Secondly, uh, Pakistan has seen, Pakistan has seen a lot uh, a lot by supporting the Afghan Taliban. Now they are experiencing those things. So I don't think that a sane mind will go through another such experience like the ISKP. Taliban were somehow, I think they were Hanafis and they were like a kind of, I would say the soft, uh, the soft side of the religious extremists. But I think ISKP is another extreme, the more extreme side, even more extreme than Al-Qaeda. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe I'm wrong, or maybe I uh, I have, on the basis of lack of information, I'm not going into that area, but I would say that uh, it, is, it's, it is not acceptable for me uh, to, to, to say that uh, the Pakistani military establishment is willfully supporting the ISKP just to humble the Afghan Taliban. So uh, I think that is a pretty that, that that even for a little bit of sanity, that same mind that that that's the kind of very very risky and very very expensive game. There have of course been a lot of victims in Pakistan uh, of terrorism, um, and of course you know a lot of. Civilians have died, which have which had nothing to do with with terrorism and these policies. Um, do you like people? Some people would say this is, you know, this is a consequence of a, you know using sponsorship of terrorism as a policy tool, and this is what happens. Is there some kind of within Pakistan? among the people, is there some kind of acknowledgement that among the people, I'm not talking about the military establishment, of the people, but among the, the, the normal people, is there some kind of acknowledgement that this, you know, this is this is something which is going to, is, is getting back at us and it's going to eat us up because we pursued this policy for so many years. Is there some kind of anger, acknowledgement, 
you know some kind of revolution within within people saying that this has to stop because more, now we are dying more than some okay more than some and uh, you said not military establishment i would say military establishment okay yes politicians sitting ministers but when they are speaking privately if you remember when nawaz sharif was elected and if i'm not wrong for the first time when he uh in his first news conference his exact words were that this should not go like this and this cannot go like this and he was referring to these talibanization you saying they said in in private what no, why not in public no but why why do the normal people don't say it in public not normal 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 people are saying in public and mazoo pashtin oh. yeah what one of them he said in islamabad right now only two three days only last week he said the same thing in islamabad uh he's saying it and but these are but these, but these people are branded as secessionist and you know separatist uh they never demanded secessionism from uh they never demanded no, from pakistan whatever is behind their mind but they they, they never said the only thing that manjur pashtin or pdm is demanding apparently apparently yes right? getting the disappeared people getting the demanding they are saying that uh, stop violence on in the tribal areas uh stop the taliban stop the terrorism stop the policy which are supporting the militancy in pakistan so that is the thing if we but apart from uh, like hardcore pdm people a common pakistani go out in the streets and everyone is fed up with these policies it is it is it is very interesting uh, just a few months ago i was interviewing the uh, a, a very you know respected uh, intellectual from pakistan mr parvez hudbai and he actually said the same thing and the 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 following question is that's why i would like comment from you on that is i asked him i said so there is this realization even among the army and everything so will it change and he said at the moment they don't have the money that's why there is some realization and there is some change the moment they have the money they will go back to their old tactics of strategic depth and this all will happen again is that is that something you you find yourself in well uh, uh, i'm not as much enlightened and educated and informed as uh, our respected goodby i always respect him and i read his article like uh, with great great interest i like him uh but i won't agree with the question of money i think uh, Uh, I I think it's the policies. It's the policies of, uh, or it's the policies of uh, a kind of sense of insecurity. Uh, I think I think no state, no state will kill its citizens in thousands, in thousands, uh, for the sake of money. And uh, imagine when you are doing it as a state. what is at stake for you you are losing the trust of the people the very people you are losing the trust of the very people for which their state exists so i think a sane mind would never do that i think it is more like the question of policy and it is the question of sense of insecurity a country like pakistan which has two disputed borders for example pakistan doesn't call it but it is on the one side there is eight times powerful india and there is a disputed border line of control on the other side there is the durian line and there is an unstable afghanistan even the iranian border is not safe uh, and it is not uh, as secure then economically look at pakistan then pakistan is an atomic power and there is always conspiracy theory that the world the rest of the world i against the rest of the world or the rest of the world is against me so it is that kind of sense uh, that forced i think the pakistani policy makers to uh, support 
such kind of policies and such kind of groups. And I think from the days of jihad under Ziaudhar, a lot much uh, intellectual and uh, I think intellectual and human capital was uh, invested in jihad. And that was a full, full, full generation, not a generation, but rather I would say generations who were grown up uh, uh, in the ideals of jihad. So now you know, those jihadi policies are haunting. And I think uh, it will take Pakistan like uh, years, decades, to get rid of those minds, of those uh, like a kind of brainwashed generations. And in decades, a lot can happen. Unfortunately. That's the problem. Unfortunately, yes. Particularly when you have no clear roadmap what to mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that even, you know, even as you know, even um, established welfare societies like Europe are struggling with that roadmap. Uh, uh, so, you know, a country which has been part of this jihad ideology for the last 40, 50 years, developing a roadmap, first of all, there needs to be a change of mind, but then developing a roadmap which is implemented, as you said, in a society where jihad has been glorified, uh, that's going to be a tough task. I think it's a tough task because uh, I would give you an example and I mentioned it before. That is from my college days, school and college days. And there was a person in the name of Major Masgul and he used to brandish AK-47 and sitting on the top of a truck with Pakistani political leaders. And he was roaming about in the cities of Peshawar and other cities. And, uh, like he was a hero for many. So that generated is just a... Yeah, Masgul who... Uh... Burned a shrine in uh, in Kashmir and then returned. Yeah, and that generation grew up like this. So yeah. for some, it was Masgul who was the hero, but for others, it is it was Hakimullah and Baitullah and Fazlullah, and then the Afghan Taliban, Mullah Omar and his other leaders were the hero for this. So that is the sort of generation that is very unfortunate that is this, like this. So there is going to be, as you foresee it, and and that's what what this whole. Um, interview was about is what about the the current political crisis in Pakistan, but hearing you, uh, I assume that this current political crisis or the crisis in Pakistan is going to last quite some time. That is that is very important point that I always want to speak about. As I mentioned, the youth situation of the PTI, as I said, that uh, it can get worse. So even if, like, for example, after the removal of Nawashri, there is uncertainty because a large segment of the Pakistani political party there in Pakistan society was not trusting in the elections which were, which resulted in the victory of Imran Khan and they were questioning the result and that caused the political instability and that continued. Apart from, from the political electoral instability, you have talked about the, you know, the the the, the TTP, the yes. splinter groups and the, the rehabilitation, you know, the change of policy may be rehabilitated. So let's, let's, let's take out political, but the, the many crises in Pakistan are going to continue in the foreseeable future. There's no clear cut. Without without a clear roadmap, mm -hmm. without a rehabilitation, very clear rehabilitation policy of the militants, even if you agree on a negotiated settlement on paper, it will stay on paper. Mm -hmm. And completing my political, like the political situation, I said, after Imran, there was uncertainty. Now, Shabar Sharif came. The other side was not. We have to accept that the Pakistani polity is now, it has lost the middle ground. It is on two extremes now. Supporting is, it, is, it, is, it, is it true that? Now, here is a caretaker setup in place. No one is trusting their caretaker. 
and even if an election is held under this caretaker system, who will accept that election? So, is it true that some some Pakistani analysts have said it that um, the powers uh, that be are looking towards um, Bilawal Bhutto as the next man? Will be a sort of insult, and I think that will be unfortunate if Zulfikar mm -hmm. Ali Bhutto and Benazir Bhutto party is going like this badly. Mm -hmm. That would be very unfortunate because there are a lot. Many of, of these conspiracy theories keep coming out from Pakistan itself, so that's why it is it is it is it is sometimes mind-boggling of of what is happening. Um, but you're right that you know under this current caretaker government, the legitimacy of an election is of course it's, you know it's it's difficult to accept for many people that it should it will be a legitimate uh, election. Exactly. And if the establishment is picking a man like Bilawal Bhutto, who is the son of Benazir Bhutto and the grandson of Dalpakarli Bhutto, for example, a political party uh, which is known for its struggle against dictatorship, and now mm -hmm. is picked by someone and installed in the prime minister house, uh, that will be tragic. I think I think that will be the that will be the end of some sort of uh, uh, some sort of politics. Where ideals, although idealism is gone out of the I don't see it. Anymore. Mr. Katak, uh, it, it is an extremely interesting, um, you know, analysis that you have given, and I have, I, I believe that if he, if he would go on, we could go on another few hours, um, but. but uh, Again, we have never. I don't think we have ever had someone here on 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 our show in an interview who has, with you know, layers and layers and layers of of politics in Pakistan and tried to unravel them and and how it actually is on the ground. And I think the best thing would be that once some new development takes place, which you just alluded to, maybe an election um, under this caretaker government or or, or another one probably next year, um, that we uh, sit again and talk about it again. Most sure. welcome. Be but this was extremely, extremely interesting. And uh, yeah, from, from our side, I would like to thank you very much for taking the time. And hopefully we can uh, we can speak soon again. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day.